Hey guys, welcome to the Brent Gambrell Podcast. Brent is a speaker, author, and missionary. An, un- an unconventional and reluctant missionary. Yes, to both of those. But join Brent as he shares some of his favorite sermons throughout the years and even has some in-person conversations. So join us. Isn't he a good God? He, and those of you... Uh, I'm probably the luckiest man alive, okay? Because I just work for him. (laughs) Okay. All right. Pull it together. Let's go. I don't want to pull it together. Shut up. (laughs) Um, I had the privilege of ministering in um, the tip of North Carolina and the bottom of uh, Virginia. You go to the end of the earth and you turn left and you're out in the middle of farmland everywhere this past weekend. Flew into Norfolk, Virginia and then drove forever through fields so so flat you could watch your dog run away for three days. (laughs) And came to a little church and I thought, Wow, this is a little church. And we drove by lots of other little churches and got out to a little church, tiny little church. And, uh, and we were going to do a youth rally there. There's no church in that area within 100 miles that has over 100 members in it. Um, and I, uh, I said, God, you know, just do your work. I love, I love small church stuff, you know. Um, that's my joy. You know, teaching, teaching masses, that's a lot of fun, but when I'm with 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, I get to know them over a weekend, you know? And we actually get to talk stuff. Well, the first night, they were expecting, they said, if we do our best, we hope to have 100 people here. Well, the first night, we had 210. The second night, we had like 280. And Sunday night, we had 450 people piled into a gymnasium. I, was, I preached in the round. That they, they brought in chairs from other churches. And we saw 50 decisions for Christ last week, this past weekend. Isn't that awesome? Man, I just... It was just one of those times where the Holy Spirit just went, I'm here, just shut up. And I could have gone, you come. And they would have just come. It was amazing. It was just so cool. Um... I was approached there by a lady and and she was doubting her faith. Then I was approached by a man who came up and said, you know, my son says he believes, but says Satan throws doubts at him all the time as to what he believes and why he believes it. And and I, I spoke about the fact that we borrow our parents' God until we believe what we believe. And I, I spoke on that one night just because I talked to those people. And I borrowed my parents' God until I, until I questioned everything. It's okay to question. It is. Had another lady come up to me and say, you know, I know this is the truth and all, but... You know, I mean, I don't believe all those things that those Jehovah's Witnesses and those Mormons and those Buddhists and those, I mean, that's weird stuff they believe. 
And I said, oh, really? They believe weird stuff. You believe that a guy stuck a stick in the sea and it split. You believe that a donkey talked. You believe that a virgin had a baby. And you believe that one day a guy on a white horse is going to split the ozone and come and zap you out. And they believe weird things? This past Easter, Easter night, we had communion at our church. Anybody have communion at your church Easter night? We do, man. That's the tradition. We come back for communion. Just one more time. And man, I was, we had the most wonderful communion service. We just worshiped and worshiped and worshiped. And then we took the bread and we, and we, and we took the, the Welches because we're Baptists. <laughs> Didn't take anything from any, praise God. Because God made Welches. <laughs> I don't understand it. <sighs> took that little plastic cup and I had the little cracker and I was praying and really going through my head father I'm supposed to really go through my heart right now before I take this and I was praying with all my might and then I opened my eyes and I looked down and I suddenly realized that I was praying over a little bit of dough and some welches and a thimble and I thought how ridiculous have you ever thought that? Oh, come on. Oh, no, 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 I never knew. Oh, please. You know you have. Praying over a little cup of juice, and I believe so many things about that. And talking to these people, I'm like, we, have a we believe some ridiculous things. Can I just tell you that? But I always have believed ridiculous things since my childhood, haven't you? So I wrote a list the past week of some things that I believe. The ridiculous things I believe. See, Ephesians, go ahead, Ephesians 4.14, go there with me. It says that some people are called to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for, for works of service. It says that up above that. But Ephesians 4.14 says that we're given all those people and preachers and teachers and all those people so that we'll be built up. And then it says, once you're built up in the measure of the fullness of Christ, then you will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by every wave and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. We've got to be careful... All that says to me is that we got to watch what we believe because it's, it's, it's our beliefs that can destroy us and can destroy the church, believing the wrong things. So I just wanted to, we're going to do a doctrinal study a few months down the road here of some of the basic doctrines of the faith. But I just want to tell you a few very important things that I believe right now. I believe that someone is coming into my home and stealing one sock a month. Anyone else? I see that hand. 
It's true, I don't know how it's happening, but they're disappearing. I believe that I was born into a very wealthy family and stolen by the people that raised me. Anyone else have that? Believe it. Amen. I believed it was all a conspiracy. Anybody ever think that? Thought there were cameras everywhere. Just a few things I believe. I believe that I can blow on stoplights and make them change. Anyone? Amen. I see that hand. You come. And I believe that I have already won the Publishers Clearinghouse giveaway. Just a few. I also believe this. I believe the Bible is the truth. Turn with me, please, to 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3.16, Paul says, All Scripture is inspired, some of your, some of your Bibles say, all Scripture is inspired and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that a man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All Scripture is inspired. Some of your Bibles say all Scripture is God-breathed. The word that they translate inspired is theopneustos. Theopneustos literally means God-breathed. It's in the same context as in Genesis when it says that God breathed His breath into Adam. It's the same context. I believe that the Word of God is the truth, that, that the Bible is, is God's Word, not just because the Bible says it is, though it testifies of itself thousands of times that it is God-breathed. It testifies of itself. It's its own star witness. And you let a witness on a witness stand testify himself, right? But more than that, God, God did some incredible things. And I'm going to come back on this as a whole study. Every one of these is going to be a whole study. I just got to tell you this. There was way too much for me to... I got so frustrated just walking through four things that we're going to talk about tonight because they all are studies. Have you seen me do this over the past few? Everything is, I'm going to do a series. God's just filling me up with just, and I'm just frustrated when I leave. I walk out of here going, I just didn't teach anything. I don't know why. God chose the Hebrew people for lots of reasons, not just because they would show just how we are. <laughs> Jesus, not Jesus. I'll follow God. I'll, I'll follow God. I'll. Not just for that reason, but did you know that the Hebrew language is seven times larger than the English language? It's one of the most complex, if, the no, if not the most complex language on the planet. And so specific is the Hebrew language, and it has no vowels. Have you ever heard somebody speak? There's no vowels. It's not a pretty language, but it's very specific. So specific that he chose that language to speak to us because he had to be specific. Do you know how hard it is to translate that language into ours? Translators have a real hard time. I've said this before, but just the word love. I love you, Glenn. I do. I love you. You're my buddy. I love you. I love my mama. 
I love pizza. And I love America. But you understand what that means. Totally different types of love. And I'm going to love my wife. Mm-mm. Pray for that woman now. Hadn't met her yet, but God's training her. They all mean something different. So you know what? The Hebrew language is big enough that each one of those different types of love has a word that goes with it specifically. Everything has a past, present, future tense. Everything, it's amazing how complex the Hebrew language is. And he chose them to give us the word through. Isn't that amazing? God also protected his word. Did you know that, that transcriptionists, when they, back when the Bible was just the scrolls, transcriptionists, a person that was going to take, here's the book of Samuel, and I'm going to transcribe it and copy, make a copy. That person, that priest was to sit down and use a new quill each time, ceremonially cleanse himself, and then begin to write letter for letter. When he finished a page, they were so particular that they had tons of people, one after the other, that would come and literally go, not word for word, letter by letter by letter, through that page. And if there was one little piece of ink out of place, they would destroy that man's entire week's work. They were so particular. You say, how can we know that this is what we've got? We don't have a legend, people. Legends are passed down. Word of mouth. We have something that's been so specific that when they found the Dead Sea Scrolls, they found pieces of the Old Testament Scripture. That Dead Sea Scrolls were buried about 100 years after Jesus. They found those Dead Sea Scrolls years, hundreds of years later. And guess what? There's nothing but a typo, one or two typo in the entire thing they found that's different. You can be sure that what you're reading is there for a purpose. I believe that he, that he protected his word. The canonization process. Jesus canonized. To, canon, to, to make a canon meant to approve, authorize. Jesus authorized everything that was sitting before him. And you're saying, well, that was just the Old Testament. Yeah, but you know what? Malachi, the book of Malachi, was 700 years old by the time Jesus walked the earth. And he looked at them and said, you're going to be responsible for every jot and tittle. That meant every tiny line you're going to be responsible for. He said, what you've got, the books you've got in hand, even though the, the latest copy is 700 years old, you're responsible for. He said he's protected his word. And my, my guess is he protected it still. He protected his word. Archaeology has proved it 100% accurate. There's never been anything disproven in the Bible. You've heard all kinds of propaganda people Fulfilled prophecies. Hundreds of fulfilled prophecies. If it's said in the Old Testament, it happened. And every single prophecy, some of the prophecies, one of the prophecies about Jesus said that He would be crucified. It was a prophecy written before crucifixion was even invented. He said, they pierced my hands and my feet. 
And then it said that he would be, the prophecy said that he would be sold, the Messiah would be, that, that, that he would be let down, that he would be placed in a borrowed tomb, that he would be, that, 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 that his clothes would be sold, and the money would be cast onto the temple floor and used to buy a potter's field. Hundreds of years before Jesus was born. That's all in one sentence. Guess what? Every one of them happened. The chances of Jesus fulfilling that prophecy for the skeptics are a little rushed. Think about it. Now, Jesus might could figure out some of them and go, you know, I'll fulfill that one. I'll go over here and I'll do that. But you can't figure out what they're going to do with your clothes after you die. Proves to me the Scripture is the truth. The unity of the Bible, 1,600 years, 40 different authors. I know this is very elementary for some of you, but some of you in here need to hear this. Do you agree? 40 different authors never read each other's stuff, and the Bible doesn't contradict itself. If you think it does, there's a wonderful book called When, when Critics Ask. Seeming Contradictions. Get it. Don't just say, oh, the Bible contradicts itself. Go look. Study where it does. I, the people that tell me the Bible contradicts itself, I go, tell me where. And then we'll go there together. It doesn't contradict itself. One of the biggest things you can tell the Bible's the truth is because of changed lives. There was a Wycliffe, Wycliffe Bible translator that went to Papua New Guinea. And all he had translated into this, this local language was the book of Genesis. And he gave them the book of Genesis. And they read it in their own language for the very first time. Do you know what happened? One of the first things that happened is the men in that village began to treat their wives, the women in the village, totally differently. Do you know why? Because they read the scripture that said that Eve was taken from Adam's side. And they said, wow, then she's equal, not subordinate. But some of the the medicine men would not, the medicine men would not submit to this new God. They had all kinds of gods and they called themselves spitters, these medicine men did, because they spit into wounds. I'm holy. You're going to be better now. I don't get that. I wonder if it ever worked. That's my thought. Don't we have lots of germage, in, especially if you don't rush? But they, they were called spitters. But you know what? That missionary said, I've got to get some New Testament in them. So he translated Matthew and he translated Mark and he tra as, soon, as quick as he could and he handed them to them. And you know what? Those medicine men read about this man named Jesus who healed a man one day by spitting into the mud and wiping it on the man's eyes. And they said, we'll follow that spitter. And that whole tribe accepted Christ because of the connection with Jesus and a spitter. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Changed lives prove to me that the Word of God is true. I believe that that five minutes of snoozing lets me wake refreshed. Anyone? Some other things I believe? I believe that the candy-coated shell on M&M's has a natural germ-fighting substance when dropped upon a floor. I believe that carrots do not have that substance. Anyone? 
something. I believe with all my heart. I believe there is no Janet Jackson. You've never seen Michael and Janet together, except that one video. That one video you see them together. But listen, hang on. Phoebe on Friends, she's got a twin sister, and that's done with Maris. Bewitched had a twin. There is no Janet Jackson. It's Michael. Something I believe in my heart. Have I done the research on it yet? No, but I'm going to. Next, I believe that God created the world. Turn with me, please, to Colossians 1, 15 through 17. Colossians 1, 15. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by Him. You know what the word all means in Hebrew? All. All things were created by Him and for Him before. He is before all things and in Him all things hold together. I believe that God created the world. I do not believe in evolution. I believe in microevolution. That means I believe that within species, little things can happen. Your hair can turn a little different color. But never on the planet has a fish become a dog. It's never happened. No proof whatsoever. It's a lie. You've been lied to in school. When you hear the words millions of years ago, that's a fairy tale. It's just like a long time ago in a land far away. I am a young earth believer. We may disagree here, but I am a young earth believer. I believe the earth is less than 10,000 years old, and that stands absolutely against everything that we believe and taught on this planet. You know how old the oldest tree is on the planet? 4,000 years old. You know how old the barrier reef is? 4,000 years old. Do you know why they're 4,000 years old? Because there was this thing called the flood. Turn with me, please, to 2 Peter 3, 3-8, very quickly. 2 Peter 3, 3-8, real quick. Peter said this, First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, Where is this coming, he promised? Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it is since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water, by these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. Do you know what the Bible says about that? It says that scoffers will come and willfully forget that there was a flood. The flood changed everything, people. It moved fossils around. That's why they've now found human feet print next to dinosaurs. What are we going to do with that? Boy, I want to go into that. But I don't have time. Did you know there's point, only 0.5 inches of dust on the moon? Do you know when we sent, when we sent 
our spaceship to the moon on the very first time, Isaac Asimov, famous scientist at that time, because the earth and the, and the universe is billions of years old, there's dust that flies around out here in space and it lands on things. And because there's a certain rate that the dust comes into the atmospheres of the planets, they can predict how deep the dust should be by how much lands every single day on our planet and all the other planets. By their estimations, Isaac Asimov said, you know what we will see? When the first spacecraft lands on the moon, we will see it begin to slowly drift, and as it begins to set on the planet of the moon, it will absolutely sink into nowhere. Because there's miles of dust on the moon. Because billions of years have passed. 0.5 inches. Boom. If you believe we landed there. <laughs> we did. Got out and went, hmm. So now they had to rework everything. You understand? They had to rework everything. Well, there's not that much dust, and maybe there's some other reasons why the dust didn't land, and maybe there. <laughs> you know how much time it would take for 0.5 inches? 10,000 years. Just a coincidence. The sediment of the sea is not as deep as they thought it was. There's about 4,000 years of it. The spin of the earth. Did you know the earth is slowing down as it spins? And it's slowing down at a particular rate. And so they backed that thing up. They backed it up just to see how fast it'd be spinning. Did you know a million years ago, the earth would be spinning so fast that it would sling Adam and Eve off the planet? <laughs> Our monkey forefathers would just be hanging on to the trees. But guess what? In, in, in 10,000 years, wouldn't hardly notice it at all. Just a coincidence. The moon is moving away from us at a particular rate. It's been doing it since recorded time, moving at the same exact rate. If it was millions of years, a million years ago, the moon would be so, so close to the earth the moon causes our tides. Did you know that if the moon was so close to the earth a million years ago, tides would cover the complete planet every single day? Where would the monkeys go? <laughs> Top of the trees. Ordered chaos is the new thing. They used to say Big Bang, and they don't, they're, they're backing away from that now, Big Bang. Big Bang went, everything happened from nothing. It was this little dot so tiny you could fit it on the turn, and all the planets came out. That's a ridiculous, that's a religion, that's not a science. That's a, that's a belief structure. But, but my God, so they started going this, they started going this ordered chaos. Here's their new thing. Here's the new thing. Everything spun, was spinning totally out of control and has been for millions of years and everything just shook and shook and shook and then suddenly two things banged together and another thing and another thing and, and all of a sudden, <laughs> there was a cell. 
and water and this cell and this cell and then some more things banged together just by random chance and there was a fish. Tell me this, if you took a puzzle with 600 pieces in it and shook it, how long would it take for that puzzle to come together? Ordered chaos. This is what we're teaching our students in school. I believe that God created the heavens and the earth. Listen, and I believe it happened in six days, and you're going, wait, hold on. What if the days were a million years? Let me clue you in on this million-year day thing. That was created. In fact, some of your Bibles even say, when it says, and, the, and there was evening and there was morning, and there, it was the third day, some Bibles actually changed it to say, and it was a day. So they could say that maybe a day was a million years. Then why on the third day did God make plants and on the fourth day He made the sun? You mean plants lived a million years without any light on this planet? What an amazing thing. If He could make it, He could make it in six days. I think He just made it in six days for the fun of it. My God could go... I believe that God created the heaven and the earth. I believe that evil aliens have landed on this planet and their names are Bill, Hillary, Newt, and Rush. This is something I believe. I believe everything that four out of five dentists say. Anyone? I believe that I can move salt shakers on a table and open elevators with my mind if I just strain hard enough while I'm looking at them. Anybody as a kid believe that? Come on, yes, you did. I would look at that elevator and go... <laughs> it shows my age, doesn't it? Tinkle, tinkle, tinkle. You're right. Amen. Next. I believe that Jesus was several things. I believe that He, number one, lived was the Son of God, died, and rose again. The fact that He lived is irrefutable. People, do you know people have actually tried to prove that He actually was a fictional character on the planet? Why? Roman records show us there was a man named Jesus. The Talmud, a Jewish writing called the Talmud, written by people who hated Jesus because he raised a rebellion, wrote about Jesus' life, even wrote about his miracles on the planet. They called them sorcery, but guess what? They did not deny the miracles happened. The Talmud says he lived. The Talmud, the Talmud talks about the fact that they had a, a trial, they were very proud of the trial, and then they crucified him. Josephus, a historian that we, that we absolutely tout as an incredible historian on our planet, wrote about Jesus. You can't deny that He lived. That He was the Son of God. Some people say He didn't say it. To start with, I say He said it. 
Not, not just he said it, but Peter said it. Jesus said, who do you say I am? And he said, you're the Son of God. Jesus in Matthew, oh man, it's 16. Matthew 16, 17, Peter, Jesus said, who do you say I am? And Peter said, you're the Son of God. In, in, in 17, Jesus said, you're right. In Matthew 8, the demons said it. Said, Who, what do you want to do with us, O Son of God? And Jesus went, shh, don't tell it by yet. Get out. And then on Jesus' crucifixion, the Roman soldier said, surely you're the Son of God. It was said and said again and again and again. The reason he was crucified was because he claimed to be the king of the Jews, the son of God. That's why he was crucified. He said it. For some of you, this is very, very elementary, and I understand that. For there's others of you in here that you need to know these things. A wonderful man that many of you have read his stuff, Josh McDowell, set out to disprove these claims and became a Christian doing it. He set out to disprove the Bible, and he decided this. See, he was a lawyer, and he said, I'm going to prove, because you can't prove things scientifically. You can't prove that Abraham Lincoln scientifically was here and was president. You can prove that there was a body there, but we only know him as Abraham Lincoln by text, things that people said about him and wrote about him and his own stuff. So he set out to prove it as a lawyer would. So he found out, number one, there was a man named Jesus. Number two, he walked the planet. But then he said, then he had to prove that Jesus said he was the Son of God. Well, he found pages and pages. You can read it in a wonderful book called Evidence That Demands a Verdict. Prove that Jesus said he was the Son of God, textually. And then he said, okay, i got to do something with that. If he said it, then there's one of three things that he was. He was either who he said he was... Lord, Son of God. Or maybe he wasn't who he said he was. And then there's two other options. Either he was a liar. He was just lying to people. David Koresh type stuff. Or he was a lunatic. He was a complete nut. And that's an option. Right? So he, he goes out to search all those different options. Guys, as a liar... Would you lie yourself to your death? If he was a liar, don't you think when they went to put the nails in his hands, he would have gone, hold on, wait, it was a joke. <laughs> Amen. Don't you think? The 12 guys that followed him, 11 of them died screaming, he is the son of God. If one of them had broke, one died naturally. <laughs> Woo! The rest died martyrs' deaths saying he was the Son of God if one of them had broke ranks and said, oh, it was all a hoax. Then I would say, ooh, you know what? This... Guys, none of them made money off of this stuff. They had no ulterior motive for saying that. Proving to me that he was the Son of God. Why would you die for a lie? Maybe he was a lunatic. Maybe he thought he was and everybody following thought he was. If you read, if you read just... Just the, the Beatitudes alone, 
And you take those Beatitudes to a psychiatrist, any psychiatrist will tell you that the Beatitudes alone are an absolute perfect prescription for mental health. Tell me this, how could a nut write a prescription for mental health? And what about the miracles? That only leaves one option. He's Lord. I believe that He rose again. The disciples, when He died, scattered. But you know what happened? Ten days later, those guys were standing all over Jerusalem and all over the area proclaiming that He had rose again. How come scared-to-death men who scattered because they thought He was going to be a physical king on this planet when He was crucified, how come these guys turned into wimps and took off? What happened between that point and ten days later when they're all standing around going, He's the Son of God, He rose again. What happened? Something supernatural had to happen in those men. Eyewitnesses tell us that He rose again. What happened to the guards? The two guards? Guys, the stone wasn't rolled away like we show in Easter musicals. It says that it was, it was taken and thrown of distance from the tomb, and it weighed tons. Those two guards had to have seen something, but they didn't. They went to sleep. A Roman guard didn't go to sleep at his post. He was killed if he did that. He rose again. I believe that Jesus rose again. I believe that Elvis, Marilyn Monroe, Derry Garcia, Princess Di, JFK, Lucille Ball, John Lennon, and Captain Kangaroo are still alive and living on an island somewhere laughing at all of us. <laughs> Something I believe. I believe that my parents had spies all over Lake County, Florida because they knew everything I ever did. That's <laughs> why I moved out of the state. I believe that I have more money because I have more checks. Anyone? I believe Dick Clark is the Antichrist. He brought polyester into the universe. Polyester is the root of all evil. He has lived forever. It's just a theory. And I believe this. I believe that God answers prayers. Turn to me to Second Chronicle or First Chronicles, please. First Chronicles four ten. I might as well go ahead and say it. Everybody else is teaching on it. I'm going to too. How many of you have read the book, The Prayer of Jabez? If you haven't, it's a wonderful book. I believe that God answers prayers. Jabez's prayer, guys, in the middle of the Chronicles where it's going, and he begot who begot who, and the descendants of Judah were Perez, Hezerin, Hachemferkenton, Hassemfluxenflabben, and all these, this incredible list of who begot who begot who begot who. All of a sudden, stuck in the middle, it says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. <laughs> Don't know what Jabez actually means, but I bet it means, oh! Says Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. 
Keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And it says, and God granted his request. But it was the will of God. You know, you don't always get everything that you pray for. Boy, there's a teaching out there right now. Just name it, baby. God, a VW bus. <laughs> Praise God, I believe, I receive. You pray in God's will. Sometimes, guys, you pray, God, get me out of this. And you know what God does? You're saying, God, throw me a life raft, and he wants you to get a swimming lesson. <laughs> but God does provide. True story, 32-year-old single woman was just told this today. 32-year-old single woman was running out. Of, she, she worked really hard, but she got behind financially. Has anybody ever been there? She got so far behind. And this is a dumb, cheesy story, but it's so God. She ran out of toilet paper. Now, guys, you don't understand that, but ladies in the room, there's just something about that that'll tear you up. As long as we got the Sears catalog, we're all right. Right, fellas? But ladies, she ran out of toilet paper. True story. She, run, she ran out of toilet paper. And, and so she had used, you know, Kleenex, and she had just started paper to anything. But she, did, she wasn't going to get paid till Friday. True story, I promise. She wasn't going to get paid till Friday, and she was, she was going... She woke up at midnight on Thursday night, and she had to go to the bathroom. And she went to the bathroom and realized, I've run out of every option. And she said, God... I know this seems trivial, but you say that you care. You know every hair in my head. If you care about that, you care about the little things. So I'm going to ask you, I need toilet paper. <laughs> Promise this happened. She shut the door of the bathroom. She was just going to wait till morning till she got to work and steal a roll, you know. And the doorbell rang at midnight. True story. Nobody was there, but somebody had rolled her house. I was just told this today, had rolled her house. She ran out in the front yard, she was picking up toilet paper going, thank you Jesus, thank you Lord, it's manna from heaven. Like a nut at midnight. And she ran back in the house and she was so excited. The next morning, her next door neighbors called and said, Sweetheart, we rolled your house because we thought it'd be funny, but what were you doing out in the yard praising God? She said, My God provides. The girl that told me that story, the girl that told me that story happened to a friend of hers just this past two weeks. One day she was about to head to Disney. She lives in North Carolina. She was taking her two girls, single parent mom. Dad, the dad had AIDS and had died. She'd gone through a horrible life and she's learned how to trust God so much that she had lost the paper. She was taking her two girls to Disney. She had paid for the trip over the past year. Taking her two girls, they were about to leave the house and she couldn't find any of the paperwork that said that she paid for the hotel or anything. And she said, she finally just in front of her girls said, hold on. And she was panicking. She said, God. I know you care for the little things. Would you just please? And she got up 
And she went in the kitchen to the place she'd already looked four times and there sat the paperwork right there. She picked those papers up and she said, girls, God cares. Those two little girls were trying to get ready as fast as they could. And she said, go get your flip-flops. And they said, I hadn't seen them since last summer. You know, they're back. We'll never find them, Mom. And she said, just go find them. And those two little girls got on their knees and they said, God, help us find our shoes. Walked in the closets, found them right away, walked out and said, Mom, look. They went to Disney, came back from Disney. They rent a house. And the day they got back from Disney, a lady, the lady that owns their house showed up and said, oh, I've got some people coming over to look at the house. I've decided to sell it. They're coming over today. And one of her little girls looked at her and said, Mama, where are we going to live? And the other little seven-year-old girl said, Sweetheart, if, if Jesus can find our shoes, a house is easy. God answers prayers. God answers prayers. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says the natural man doesn't understand these things though. They can't receive from God because these things are discerned spiritually. I believe some very ridiculous things. Don't I? They're ridiculous. They're absolutely ridiculous. But they're absolutely true. I also believe that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor principalities nor powers nor the past nor the future nor things above nor things below can ever separate me from the love of this God that I believe in so much. And all, all I want to do is if you're here tonight and you don't know this God, come talk to one of us. There'll be people down here and we want to talk to you about it. Come join this ridiculous thing that we believe. It works. Let's pray together. Father God, we love You so much. It's amazing, Father, that I believe so many things, but I don't believe at times that You will speak as clearly as You do. Lord, we pray right now that... Um, if there's people here, Father, that are not fully convinced that they will keep asking questions, I know you are strong enough and I believe you're strong enough to answer those questions. So, Father, would you continue to nudge them to keep asking them? Father, if there are people here that do not know you, I pray that my request to you, and I believe you'll do it, is that you'll not let them sleep until they do. That you'll not let them rest that you'll keep that haunting question of what to do with you. What do you do with Jesus in their heads? Lord, if, if those people that do know you, that are here, Father, I pray that they'll, if they're walking away from you, that they'll repent and turn around. That they'll just turn around and begin to follow you. That's my prayer. We're going to serve you, Father, because we believe you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah.